0: Good morning, church. Good morning, those who are joining us online. You know, back in September at the funeral of Senator John McCain, there was a small act of kindness that took place between President George W. Bush and Michelle Obama when he passed her a cough drop. That was caught on camera. There's a little video of it and a picture of it, which went viral. Went viral. They they actually recreated it in the November funeral of George W. H. W. Bush. But is it interesting how an act of kindness can capture the attention of the entire country, just a small act of kindness? Well, I, I want to talk about kindness, but let me step back before I do. I know we have some guests here. We have some of our winter residents are coming back. We have some students who are, who are back today. And we're in a sermon series the month of December entitled Regifting Christmas, Regifting. And the idea here is all about, re, you know what regifting is, when you get a gift, that you didn't need or that you don't want. Maybe you just wrap it back up and give it to somebody else. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's wonderful. And we're putting a spiritual spin on it. As Christians, we have received some gifts from God, some great gifts from God that we can, in turn, give to others. In fact, God expects us to do that. So that's kind of been the theme of our series in December. And we, we talked first about forgiveness. This may be God's greatest gift to us, Right the gift of forgiveness. God has has forgiven us our sin. He continues to forgive us our sin. And then other people sin against us so we can give them the gift of forgiveness. And There should be nobody in our life that we have not forgiven. All right. So re-gifting the gift of forgiveness and it can change someone's life. And then last Sunday, we were talking about encouragement. The Bible calls God the God of encouragement. He encourages us with His presence. His Holy Spirit indwells us. He encourages us with His promises in the Word. He encourages us Through the church, individual Christians, God is constantly encouraging us. And, of course, the Bible tells us to pass that on, to encourage others. And when we give these gifts, we don't lose them. They actually grow within within us. Obviously, today I want to talk about regifting kindness. God has been kind to us, and that's a gift that we can give to others. And I'm giving away a little gift in every service, so come on up here. Uh, first, First one up. If you haven't gotten one of these already, first one up here can have that gift. I'm re-gifting it, but it's never been used, and it does have value, and after you use it, you can give it to somebody else. That's fine with me, but first one up here, I think uh, Bill Martinelli, he, was, he said something about racing up here to be the first to get this gift, but he ran a 5K yesterday, so he should be a little bit tired, and somebody else might have a chance to beat him up here. What do we want to talk about? How to be kind. We're just going to look at at four different sort of strategies to make sure to reinforce this idea that we are being kind in our lives. Number one is adopt a kind attitude. Ephesians 4.32. Adopt a kind attitude. Be kind, Paul says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, so we want to be kind. If we're going to adopt this attitude of kindness, where does it start? It starts with the bedrock conviction that God has been kind to us. So we want to lay that foundation. I know this, this will be just a review, a reinforcement, because you already believe this by and large. But as Christians, let's remind ourselves yes, God has been kind to me. And somebody might argue with that. Somebody might think, I don't know, Steve, you don't know the kind of day I've had already, or you don't know the bad things that have happened to me this past week or this month, or it's been an awful year. You don't know what I've lost or who I've lost, or you don't know the, the, the health issues that I'm dealing with or the family issues and relational and financial. I mean, all kinds of bad things are happening to me, and, and God is doing that, or God is allowing that to happen to me. I'm, I'm not so sure I've, this whole kindness thing doesn't resonate with me right now. Well, number one, I mean, I'm just going to address this in passing. Realize God is not doing those things to you? God does not do bad things to people. And we say, well, maybe, but he allowed it to happen, and he could prevent it if he wanted to. Really? Could he? Now, think about this. What about your children? If you had children, did you prevent bad things from happening to your children? Did did nothing bad ever happen to your children? Well, yeah, bad things happen to your children. Well, why didn't you prevent that? Oh well, Steve. Well, that's not the same thing. You know, God's all powerful, and He could. No, you could have prevented. You could have prevented bad things from happening to your children. All, if you just kept them at home, you locked them in their room, maybe homeschooled them, never let them go out. And if they're not with, with you and your presence, oh, Steve. Well, that wouldn't be right to keep my child locked up in their room all day. Well, that you could protect them that way from any bad thing ever happening to them. Oh, well, that wouldn't be reasonable. Well, exactly. None of us did that with our children. And if you think about it, in order for God. To keep bad things from happening to anybody he would have to lock you up never let you out and lock everybody else up and never let them out he would never allow anybody to exercise free will but that wouldn't be right and we wouldn't even want that and so that's why there, there are bad things happening in this world and god is not preventing everything negative but that's not coming from god the bible says every good gift comes from god the good things in our lives so God is God is kind to His entire creation, not just to people. Jesus said, "God God cares about the birds; He cares about the flowers." The psalmist writes in Psalm one forty five: "The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. The eyes of all look to You, God, and You give them their food in due time. You open Your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing." This is the disposition of God: His kindness, His generosity. It's friendliness and directed to his highest creation, men and women, mankind. Uh, Specifically, the most concrete form is in his acts of redemption, the length that God has gone to to save us and to forgive us. And his loving kindness then takes the form of patience and mercy and grace and forgiveness. The two fish this whole analogy, old analogy remember the two fish swimming along and the one fish says to the other boy the water's cold today and the other fish answers water what's water didn't even realize he's swimming in water he's surrounded by water his environment is water he takes water into his gills to get his oxygen well likewise we think of the kindness of god we're swimming in the kindness of god the, the kindness of god is our entire environment God is being kind to you right now at this moment. He was kind to you this morning. He's going to be kind to you tomorrow. God's loving kindness, his benevolence, his friendliness. This is just his constant attitude and provision for us. So again, I told you that this was just going to be review and reinforcement because you know this, but it's the foundation for us being kind to others. God has been kind to us. The obligation for us then is to reflect the kindness of God to others to be a channel of God's loving kindness. The fruit is a fruit of the Holy Spirit within us, is it not? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And so kindness flows from us as a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. I was reading about one man who said his routine was this. Every morning, of course, he gets up and gets dressed, and we all get up and get dressed. And he put on his pants and his shirt and his shoes and his glasses and his cap. And then he said he imagined himself putting on a coat of kindness. It was a daily reminder to him that any person that he encountered wasn't a question of whether he was going to be kind or whether they needed kindness. He was going to interact with them with kindness. I've thought about this this past week. Part of my daily routine is I take my walk in the neighborhood and have my prayer time with God. I like to put on the Put on the armor of God, I I see myself putting on the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes the gospel of peace, take the shield of faith and the the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, pray on all occasions. But then I've been adding and put on the coat of kindness to remember to be kind with people that I interact with. And and we can do that. And one thing is oftentimes this takes a steely determination, because not everybody that we encounter necessarily reciprocates or is kind to us. Often they do. I mean, this is probably the most powerful strategy to transform a dynamic in a relationship is the power of love and loving kindness and determined loving kindness. Man and a woman were having an argument and the husband got a little harsh with his wife and he explained to her why everything she she said was illogical and didn't make sense and he was right and she was wrong. And she walked out of the room and he sat down and went back to watching his football game. On TV. About 15 minutes later, she came back in and she had a tray with a sandwich on it and chips and a Coke and she set it down there and she gave him a kiss on the cheek, said, Honey, I love you. And then she went back in the kitchen. And he sat there fuming. You know, this is not right. That's not right. Uh, Feeling like a jerk because he'd acted like a jerk. And finally, he got up and he went back in the kitchen and he apologized to her. You know, loving kindness has the power to change a dynamic in a relationship it has that power having said that we all know it doesn't always work out that way we can't control another person and love won't necessarily be reciprocated and we know that going in it's a true account fellow named blake got hooked on drugs when he was 10 he went through his first drug program when he was 13 four more treatments before he was 20 even after he'd become a successful artist he continually continually returned to drugs Through years of this abuse, his mother, Marilyn, showed love to him. When doctors told Blake the drugs were damaging his heart, she loved him. When the drugs caused him to say horrible things to her, she loved him. At times, love meant saying no to Blake when he needed money or refusing to let him stay with her because he would steal things from her home and sell them for drug money. But she always reminded him that she loved him. She felt called to be a presence of hope and acceptance in his life. After two heart valve transplants... Blake was given two years to live. His mother didn't want him to die alone in a care facility. She committed herself to taking care of him in her home until the end. And at the time of Blake's death, he had not apologized for his actions, but his attitude was beginning to soften. He started to make eye contact with his mom, although he would not express gratitude for her care. So, in a broken world, we can't always control how relationships unfold. The only thing we can control is ourselves and our determination to show loving kindness regardless and trust and faith that that is the best way to move forward and to interact with other people and the most godly way. All right, so we're simply saying, how can we make sure that we're reflecting the kindness and re-gifting the kindness of God? Number one, adopt a kind attitude. Number two, make kind observation. Make kind observations. Now, Jesus did this. Luke chapter 7, verse 44. Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. And just saying here, Jesus was observant. He was woke. He understood what was going on in his environment. He looked around and saw this woman was being kind, and he noted it, and he said so. Noted the, he observed the kindness of those who were around him, and we want to be kind. And one way we can do that is just observe the kindnesses that are going on around us, and they are. I mean, you read the news, and you say, well, it's all bad. It's all negative. You watch the, don't watch the news. It's all bad. It's all negative. Take a sabbatical from that. There are a lot of kind acts that are actually going on around us, and we want to note those. One man determined that he would for one day make a record of kind things that happened to him. Here's here's a partial list of what he observed. He said, When I failed to respond to the alarm clock, my wife awakened me so I would not be late to work. When I drove out of my development, a man paused and waved me into the traffic. When I got to the office, my administrative assistant had already booted up my computer. When I went for a break, I didn't have a dollar for the drink machine, and a fellow employee loaned me a dollar. In the afternoon, I received an email from one of our customers thanking me for my timely service. When I left the office building, a security man opened the door for me. When I arrived home, my wife greeted me with a hug and a kiss. My wife had dinner underway. I washed my hands and helped her at my act of kindness. After we had eaten, I put the dishes in the dishwasher. After dinner, my wife volunteered to walk the dog while I took one final look at my emails. My wife joined me later watching the news. And then we went to the mall to look for a backpack. And before going to sleep, she kissed me and told me that she loved me. It was a good day. Small acts, but significant. Somebody's washing dishes. Somebody's taking care of the house. Somebody's doing laundry. Somebody's cutting the grass. Somebody's taking care of the automobiles. Small acts of kindness. Do not miss the significance. Often these are offered. This this is a love language for many people. small acts of service. Mother Teresa said, in this life, we cannot do great things. We can only do small things with great love. Do small things with great love. I had a friend that I went to lunch with when we lived back in Orlando. We'd go a couple of times a month. And one thing I noticed about him was his interaction with the wait staff. He he would ask them questions. Of course, he understood. You can't take up a lot of their time, but he showed a personal interest in them. A lot of times, these were students at UCF or some other campus there in Orlando and he'd ask them what their major was and wherever they were from and maybe a little bit about their family and their faces would just light up. They would engage. Somebody was talking to them as a human being and a person, not just a lowly servant. I thought, man, that's and sometimes you even get better service. But that wasn't his point. His point was to be to be kind. And I observed that about him. I thought, you know, I want to I want that to be a part of my practice as well. Make kind observations speak kind words so we put on the kind attitude we're making kind observations and speak kind words ephesians 4 29 paul says let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them words are powerful are they not our words are powerful they are. they can give life and they can destroy you notice the increase in uh, the, the, the rate of suicide in our country. I, I read a story, a news article just this past week about an elementary school student who committed suicide. and Her parents said it was because she was experiencing bullying and other students, the harsh things that other students were saying to her. Of course, there's a rise in the middle school uh, of bullying, harsh words. It just points to the power of words to destroy or to give life. We have to be very careful about... You know, listening to how we talk and making sure our words, everything we say, everything is good and helpful, is positive, is being used in a kind way. Sarcasm. Be careful of sarcasm. That word sarcasm comes from two words that mean flesh, Sarc means the flesh, and to cut. It literally means to cut the flesh. Now we have to be sometimes people are teasing and some families like to use a lot of sarcasm, and sometimes it's used in humor, and sometimes it's a critical nature, but realize almost in every instance there's a cutting somebody's being cut by the way words their words are being used we can use our our words in a negative way or in an affirming way a daughter comes to her father and says, can i have permission to go to the party yeah go to the party go on get out of my hair get out of here so he's given permission but he's hurt with his words another daughter comes to her father can i go to the party yes you can absolutely uh, have a good time. Uh, but remember, I love you, so be careful. So, so both have given permission. One has been harsh. One has been kind with their words. You know, some of the ways to do this, number one, just remember and think about the power of words. Number two, listen to how we talk, what our voice sounds like. I, I read a book called The Power of the Praying Parent by Stormy Omardian, and one thing she points out, men, oftentimes we men don't realize how forceful our voices are, how loud they are, and sometimes how harsh they come across. We don't realize in our words how we're coming across them. We need to listen to ourselves, recognize how powerful words are, and then listen to how other people are talking. And that can be an eye-opener. And listen to, the, to the, whether their words are kind and encouraging or harsh. Just be a reminder. And, and phrase things in a wholesome way. Take the unwholesome words that we use sometimes and change them into a wholesome form. And remember, when like when you're driving along, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and, and even when you're by yourself, you think, man, you're a crazy driver, you're going to kill somebody. All right, just rephrase that and say, my friend, I hope you get home well and don't hurt anyone on the way. You know, just kind of change that around. But, but when you're, you know, what we do by ourselves or in private in our minds tends to come out in, in public forms as well. So John Trent is an author. He's written many great Christian books and helpful books. He says that when he was young, uh, his father died, and his his brother, because he died young, had a lot of anger in their hearts and had trouble in school. But in high school, he'd worked hard on a paper that he had written, and he got a failing grade on it. Now, he'd worked hard. Even though he'd started the night before it was due, he still felt like he'd worked hard. He brought it to his mom and showed it to her and was complaining. And his mom looked at it, and she said, John, you know you left out the references you didn't put in a table of contents but she said other than that this is so well written i wouldn't be surprised if someday you make your living helping people with your words she said that to him in high school and he says he grew into that and now he's a published author and a high demand speaker speak kind words and finally Talking about how to put on kindness is engage in kind actions. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Probably the purest form of kindness, kind actions. True kindness comes out in our actions. Senator Sam Irvin uh, used to tell a story about John and Mary who were courting in the parlance of North Carolina. And John said to Mary, Mary, if you wasn't what you is, what would you like to be? Mary said, John, if if I wasn't what I is, I would like to be an American beauty rose. And then she turned the question on John. She said, John, if you wasn't what you is, what would you like to be? And John said, Mary, if I wasn't what I is, I would like to be an octopus. And Mary said, an octopus? What's an octopus? And John said, Mary, an octopus is some kind of a fish with a thousand arms. And she said, "Uh, John, if you was an octopus with a thousand arms, what would you do with all of those arms? He said, Mary, I'd put every one of those arms around you. But then she said, go away, John. You ain't used the two you already got. We do not lack anything that we need in order to be kind, do we? we? We don't need any more money than we have right now. We don't need any more influence, and we don't need any more opportunities. Right here, right now, with what we have, we can do kind actions. We can be kind to other people. Uh, years ago, when our kids were still teenagers, we were vacationing in Puerto Rico, and we had to cut it short because Steve and my son got sick. So he and I were leaving early. We were at the airport in Puerto Rico, and he was in bad shape. And uh, we're waiting for the flight, and, and I could tell he was deteriorating. And finally, he said to me, Dad, I think I'm in real trouble here. And, you know, he wasn't a complaining kind of child, so I knew that it was serious. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, there were a lot of people around who spoke English, and I didn't know anybody. And finally, I, I, uh, I saw somebody with a uniform on. I said, well, you know, I hope they're, in, they're on staff here at the airport. And I said, hey, do you speak English? He said, yes. I said, I think my son might need some medical attention. So he looked at him, he got on his radio, and made a call. Uh, and he said, Help will be here in just a few minutes. And he stayed there with us. And about five or ten minutes, some EMT types came and checked Stephen out. I said, Yeah, he's got pneumonia, but he's, he's okay to fly. And my friend took me down and got to where they had a stand and got some over the counter medicine to help him out. And I said, Hey, you know, he didn't have a name tag on. I said, What's your name? I, I want to give you a thank you note or, or send, uh, you know, commend you to your superiors. He said, No, that's not necessary. He said, I, I'm nobody. I'm just glad to help. God bless you. And then he, he went on his way. Now, he probably forgot about that uh, in time, but I have, that's been 15 or 20 years. I have never forgotten that. It was so significant to me. He helped to ease our way. He didn't have to do that. He, when I said, do you speak English? You could have said, no, I'll bless Espanol and go on. You know? He didn't have to do that, but he went out of his way to help us. And I've seen this happen so many times. I can look out here. I know a number of times Where members of this congregation have stepped in to ease the way for someone, maybe someone who needed to move in or out, they need a moving crew or needed help with transportation or with their children or maybe to make a bill. And and people have stepped in and helped. And I and I thought, wow, what would have happened? I think what would have happened to, to me in that airport and Stephen if somebody hadn't helped us? I think what would have happened to them if somebody had not stepped in with kindness? and help to ease their way. And the things I know about are the tip of the iceberg and so much more takes place that I don't know about, that you don't know about, but people stepping in with kindness and easing other people's way. Such a powerful thing. There are actually benefits. Now, there are benefits to being kind. I read this article. Here's physical and mental health benefits of kindness. Acts of kindness release the body's natural painkillers, the endorphins. The feeling of euphoria and peacefulness after performing an act of kindness is so common it's called the helper's high. Helping others can minimize the effects of disease and other physical disorders. Acts of kindness have been proven to reverse feelings of depression and hostility and isolation. As a result, stress-related health problems often improve. After you help someone else, the health benefits and sense of calm from an act of kindness return for hours or days after the event. Whenever the act of kindness is remembered, caring for other people in a positive relationship has been shown to improve the immune system and acting kindly toward other people. Increasing one increases one sense of self-worth, optimism and overall satisfaction in life. And that's not why we do it. It's just The way God has set it up, it blesses us in the process. So here's our homework. I've read recently that school districts all over the country are banning homework for students. Have you heard that? (laughs) No, no, the students are all saying, no. Well, maybe not this one. And too late for me and too late for most of us. But anyhow, we have homework today, and that's to go out and try a little kindness. Let's show some kindness. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today. We remember today your kindness, that we're enveloped and surrounded by your kindness day by day, hour by hour. You're loving us and being kind to us and generous and friendly toward us and providing for us. We pray that your Holy Spirit, out of your eternal riches, will strengthen us and in our inner man and our spirit to produce this fruit of kindness, be a channel for your kindness to other people, and re-gift that in Jesus' name. Amen.